Hello and welcome to Logan's Animal Corner bonus episode. This is the 31st bonus episode that we're doing, patrons only. Make sure that you hit us up at patreon.com slash Logan's Animal Corner. Join our $35 a month tier to receive these exclusive bonus episodes with rare animal facts and occasionally... A little music discussion, you know. Sometimes we can't help ourselves. How's everybody doing tonight? You know, I'm here in this $35 tier. I'm enjoying myself, man. I cannot lie. I'm having a good time in my $35 tier. What was last week's animal again? I I forget. It was the lobster. We had a great time. Cody provided the suggestion for us. Sorry, I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, yeah, I told you guys about the uh, plans to create and worship our Leviathan Lorb. Yep, the Lorb. But my... You, we must remember, though, that Logan's Animal Corner is not in any way connected to the lobster cult. Um, That's just me and, you know, whoever no. else I can bring in. Yeah, for the purposes of sponsors who immediately reached out via Anchor to uh, offer me algorithmically generated advertising opportunities, um, I am an innocuous, family-friendly Animal Facts podcast. Always have, always will be. Um so I'm afraid I cannot associate with any Leviathan cults at this time uh, until, of course, I get sponsored by, oh gosh, I don't know, maybe Jeff Bezos likes <laughs> Leviathans and I'll do a plug for Amazon. I've or seen something. a couple people threaten to like throw Jeff Bezos at the lobster and let the lobster eat him in the group. So, I mean, ha, toeing a fine line there. I think that's only appropriate. <laughs> and you know what? It is our responsibility as underground media to speak put jeff bezos's head on a spear because the mainstream media is entirely bought and paid for by amazon looking at you washington post aws is a uh, brutal malignant tumor on the face of the world do you really want to talk about aws this is getting a little computer no, science very very I early i don't want to talk about it at all <laughs> i've said my piece it's out Hello, there welcome to economic political views podcast this is our host <laughs> You you know Aaron was the only one stopping this, Jake. <laughs> yep. You well know he was the only Without one holding, holding back, back these floodgates that we've had we're just for years. Voyage somewhere we've never gone before, you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's all politics Aaron's, all the time. Aaron's just gonna like grab our audio and just be like, "What the frick happened?" <laughs> Like, like it's not even related to music whatsoever. Oh, gosh. I don't even know if we could surprise him at this point. But keep in mind, at least this content is gated behind our $35 a month listeners. If you're already pledging $35 a month, you're a real one. Please consider upgrading to our $100 a month plan. We send you a free sticker in a care package every two every, months. That is that is your bi-monthly every reward. Every 12 months, you get a little patch. It's an iron-on one. It's not a Velcro one. and it is not a velcro one yep etsy follow us on etsy too while you're at it we've got it going on the thing that gets me about those freaking iron on patches is like there was only about five percent five percent at the very beginning when iron on patches on jackets became a thing where people were being legitimate about it like it was actually their grandpa's old coat with his actual patches, with their actual patches from events that they went to. But then immediately, as soon as Zoomy starts selling denim jackets and is like, eh, they come pre-sewed with some with some patches on them already. It's got to be one of the fakest things I've ever now, seen in fashion. Just you like, know, Whoo. I don't disagree. And I'm not even going to fight you on this point, but I am going to straight up say my jackets have patches on them. <laughs> mm. So I Oh, I, mine too. No, they I look buy awesome. I into it. You know what? 
I get it. I get what you're saying. I'm still a patch boy, and I will always because the. Sorry, go for it. The only way to become a real patch boy now is to, I think, go to hardcore shows. Mm. Cody, can you I'd verify say you're that? I'd probably more good to go hot topic or black metal shows. If you show up at a black metal show, you're guaranteed to run into some dude in a like battle vest mm. with like a Bathory patch right here and a Mayhem patch right here, and on the back something weird and like you know off the wall like an abba patch i don't know what it is but everyone just seems to be like finriz from dark throne they're like yeah i really like abba but i also play blast beats and sing about the devil all the time so (laughs) i think i think that's the only venn diagram in which hot topic and black metal are like coming together right there in the middle it's I'm thinking I'm thinking that I'm going to unveil my new hot topic sticker line and it's just a giant like uh 8 by 12 uh iron on patch of Varg Vicarn's face. <laughs> can I, I I would buy it. Can Dude, I blast you, it into the I sun? I would too. <laughs> it is made for All blasting right, I, into the sun. You iron it on <laughs> you iron it on the monkey that you send into space once uh, Elon Musk's dream of getting uh, consumer space travel reaches fruition. All right, fair. Can I also launch Elon Musk into the sun? <laughs> you can right, also cool. launch Elon. Unknowingly, he is building to his uh, own yeah, destruction. No, he's giving me the opportunity to launch him into the sun. Sorry, Elon Musk. This is what you get. <laughs> oh, boy. Has anybody said anything about me? I did. Yeah. I talked about Bathory and Mayhem and ABBA. Hey, I oh, mean, uh, what's true. his name? Elon Musk is dating Grimes, so he's basically in the industry. Is he still I dating think? Yeah, they had to go name um, their kid like AX1 hold up. AB. Is... Yeah, hey, guys, let's that. get into Elon Musk's <clears throat> love life just a little bit. Is he... um? <laughs> let's actually do that. <laughs> is he married to her or not? No. Uh, I, I don't think so. Together. I see. So... Uh, I wonder what will happen with this kid. I mean, are are they just going to stay together now? Is it cement for them or what? I, I mean, I mean, maybe. Can it? Can we at least appreciate that it's really funny that they're like Elon Musk is literally just the tech side of exactly what Grimes is doing musically, just like this consumer friendly, but we're we're acting like we're edgy type thing. <laughs> yeah. like, I hate that. You know what I right. mean? Like like Grimes Grimes makes kind of edgy music but she's just she's just close enough to the surface that all the publications will still talk about her i don't want to be conspiracy theorist or anything i'm just saying that like people act like knowing grimes is like the same as a person who enjoys prurient and i think those two people are on very separate parts of the i'm sure grimes doesn't even know who prurient is (laughs) oh i guarantee it no granted every once in a while like the thing that bugs me is when an interview with a popular artist comes out and they're like, who inspired you? And they're always like the Beatles and Led like, Zeppelin. Really? It's like, do you, do you people listen to anything else? Like every once in a while you'll get someone cool, like uh, Drake knowing who MF doom is and shouting him out on his Instagram. Um, but like, I seen a picture of yeah. MF doom driving a boat yesterday. <laughs> That's it. That's all there is to that thought. It's just MF Doom driving a boat. Thank With you. Mask. Very important information. I don't remember if he had the mask on. I'll find it and send it to the group chat. Oh, that sounds awesome. If I didn't already. I don't know if I would recognize him without the mask. Without the max. 
so um, why why aren't there more masked rappers like daft punk did did the mask thing and then people were like yeah and then dead mouse came along like yeah and then marshmallow and then like yeah but we have like one masked rapper yeah. in the game yeah true so uh, hello and welcome to nitwick radio where we actually talk about music <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's only eight <laughs> minutes did anybody listen to the album because I, I will talk I about did. the album if people I absolutely okay I, I didn't pull a cody oh dang love you cody well, so the reason the reason I was terrified was because I posted the album uh, with a very little context and then just kind of did not call attention to it. And then nobody did any reacts to it. Like normally when gorillas gets dropped, like three people will drop a love emoji or when Bjork gets dropped, like a ton of people will drop an emphasis emoji. <laughs> but I dropped this friggin jazz prog album. And for all I know, people have completely I, ignored it. I for not two thumbs weeks. it up. I could have sworn I thumbs it, it up was not. It. I. I found it, might it have like been two hours up. ago in the chat and there were no reactions whatsoever. So Oh solid. So I you have two hours. Damon's like, here's receipts. Yeah. Let me tell you about Dude, yeah, how y'all exactly, didn't do anything man. for what Logan had to say. <laughs> Screenshots will be available for thirty-five dollar and forty dollar a month Patreons. Check the description. I'll get my assistant. But remember, right on that. you only get the lobster patch at a hundred dollars. Yep. You just yeah. hundred dollars. <laughs> in honor of episode two. <laughs> do you Guys, there are drama YouTubers that have Patreons. That alone, I think, should be cause for re-examination of our societal goals. Anyway. And Billie Eilish did a fourth interview with Vanity Fair. That's all I have to say. All right, I'm now we can talk about I'm just for Billie Eilish's react videos, but besides the point, sorry. Check it out. You got roasted <laughs> for that. You, you watched like one Literally react video, one. and then we've jumped down your throats for like two and a half years. <laughs> Uh, all right, Cody. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you okay. off, man. No, you're good. I was just saying, check it out. Check it out. So there's this album. It's called Play With Fire. Came out in 2013 from this band called The Reign of Kendo. And I think Logan should start us off with a little bit of information about it. Yeah, let's at least, you know, you don't have to share your opinion, but let's at least hear some background. Well, we know yeah, Logan's no. opinion. He picked the album, so it's presumable that he enjoyed it but in some. Lest form. we forget, you know that what? Matt you know what? Imagine Dragons. Lest we. <laughs> That's forget. true, but Matt is a troll. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair. What you what you need to understand is on the sliding scale of chaotic energy, Matt is just like a couple points deeper than I am. <laughs> yeah, not only did he you know pick what I mean? Imagine Dragons, he didn't listen to it. He didn't even listen to it. <laughs> that was so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Matt saw this as a prime opportunity to subject others to pain that he would not have exactly, to go through himself. Precisely. And that and I respect that out of a man, out of any I mean, I don't know man. if I'll respect it. Okay, Reina Kindo. It's fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh Reign of Kindo 2013. So originally this band was introduced to me by a middle school friend. So I was in uh no, I was in high school debate mm. at the time. And I had that, I had like pure SoundCloud EDM music taste. I was all about, my big guys were Bass Nectar, oh, Excision, yeah. uh, lots of downlink and figure in there. So I was like, I mean, Jake often talks about how dubstep can get a little too robotic and technical and polyrhythmic for him. Uh, I was all about obscure technical polyrhythmic dubstep. And so I hadn't been listening to anything melodic for probably the better part of four years at this point. Anyway, the homie comes through. He hits me with this album. It was their first album, Rhythm, Chord, and Melody, uh, which ha is one of the worst titles for an album that you can yeah, choose that, ever, yeah, I think. <laughs> 
it's pretty it's pretty cringy even though the album itself is decent and i would say that naming their debut album rhythm chord and melody is like the key to understanding why the parts that i don't like about reign of kendo which is how corny they yeah, can be yeah, okay and and present it with full but let's not get into that yet anyway so i listened to it uh i have a great time the thing that i don't understand is that uh this friend that i had was and still is very very religious and i think if you listen to rhythm chord and melody if you listen to play with fire you get the impression very quickly that this band is so anti-religion it hurts like it it comprises about 70 percent of the lyrics they're very clearly at least anti-institution um but I guess, you know, when you're tired of all the top 40 hits and you want to listen to some real musicians playing some real instruments, you take what you can get as far as lyricism goes. You know, people were on that back when I was in high school. So uh, we were having that argument with Thorin in the chat and he was like, I hate mumble rap. Mumble rap blew up during my high school. So I hate it. Back then, back when I was in high school, it was all about like, nobody plays real instruments oh, yeah. anymore. It's all just oh, produced yeah, crap. Me. So everybody, <laughs> of a ton of people I knew were all on like the real performances, real people grind. And Kendo kind of is one of those bands. Uh, again, I don't want to get into my opinion too much, but they're all self-produced by one guy. Every instrument is live. Um, and f- as far as I can tell, he... If you listen to the live recordings and the music videos of them, they sound the exact same as studio recordings. So I doubt he's touching it very much. Um, but needless to say, I connected a lot with this little college jazz prog album, uh, fell in love with it, and am excited to hear your guys' thoughts on it. So whoever wants to start first without saying that they hate music podcasts. <laughs> oh, frick. Cody, you go. Let's, let, let's have Cody start this. <laughs> I don't like starting, but you know I will. Um, well, last so time I, I started, it was it was a train wreck. So let's have you start. Yeah. You put way let's too not much say faith. train wreck. Everybody likes that <laughs> episode. You put way too much faith into what you think I can pull together. But I liked the album a lot. Actually, it's uh, I, it, when I was listening to it, I was like, this reminds me of the band from Australia called Carnival. But with like brass instruments, there's a ton of like, like the progressive elements are super cool. Just like the straightforward jazz elements are really cool. And it's a blend that I never really thought I'd hear. There's a lot of acid jazz happening in it too. Like I felt like I was listening to the Persona 5 soundtrack at some points. And I was like, yes, yes, yeah, 100% yes, absolutely. I'm here <laughs> for that. So I was very excited. I even yeah. listened to it like at work today. Like I popped in a headphone because nobody was doing anything. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to turn it on because it's enough that I can still do other things while listening to the album. It's not too chaotic. You know, it's not like popping on like Converge at work and suddenly it's just like, oh, you know, right. I'm just going to yeah. burn this place down while I'm here. But <laughs> it's it, you'd like you cannot listen to some of those bands like Dillinger Escape Plan, like in the background. But yeah, no, it does not. This work. album was great. And there was one song. Let me see if I can remember which one it was. Um, oh, Dust. Dust was 110% my favorite yeah. song on this album. I was listening to it and like I couldn't tell you at what point in the song it was, but there was one point in like just this section hit of like just horns and I was like, "Yes, 100%." And it's not ska either. So, and I mean, I'm also yeah. like team ska. I will defend ska, but this was Did you guys know that, that uh, Slipknot is a ska band? They have enough members to be one. <laughs> <laughs> 
I saw an article that literally said Slipknot explains why they're not a ska band. <laughs> I think they should be explaining oh why they are a ska band. I don't ask for much. Yeah, I would defend yeah. that. I'd be like, yeah, you guys got like 14 members. You know, that's like one dude on guitar, another dude on guitar to play like the riffs. You got a vocalist who also plays like yep. a trombone. And, you know, you got the <laughs> trumpet player, a couple sax players. There's one guy that, that just hits barrels with a baseball bat. It's the same as the guy that's yep. playing the saxophone. So, <laughs> same level of these two guys. Yeah, they're right, right there. Oh, and uh, don't forget Sid from Slipknot, dude. That is that is interesting <laughs> that you bring that up. <laughs> Sid the Scratcher. <laughs> Every band needs a scratcher. I don't care who you are. Uh, the thing I I like that Persona Five comment because I think you know having gotten into Japanese music later on in life, and I wasn't into that type of music then. Uh, I would say that a lot of Japanese pop has a lot more in common with Kendo's sound here than with American pop because they're all about like bringing in the big instruments and like getting the whole production going with the horns and the and the jazzy drums and whatnot. Um, and the other thing that I particularly liked about Kendo is that there are so many different styles on the album. It doesn't. It's not really a ska album. It doesn't necessarily stick to one sound, although it is uniform. Uh, it feels unified, I should say, because you have songs like uh, Feeling in the Night that's like this 5-4 kind of Latin-infused ballad. Oh, yeah, there ballad. was a lot of points where I was like, uh, you know, you could probably pop this song in the middle of a Mars Volta album, and it would fit. Like, maybe <laughs> throw, like, a bachata beat yeah. there, and you'd be in. You'd be sold. Yep. Right. They they have that kind of... It's not, like, schizophrenic, like, 100 gex, but kind of like that. They just like exploring a lot of different especially world percussive inspired sounds and given that the reign of kindo has kind of had a revolving door of members for a lot of it he's always bringing in like african australian european musicians that bring all sorts of backgrounds and tastes to the project even though it is really managed by that one guy the lead singer um and so that's how you get something like dust which is this epic cinematic ballad all the way over to romancing a stranger which has kind of a bossa nova feel Mm -hmm. to it that is really interesting. Yeah. Damon, you want? All right. So going into this album, I looked into it and, uh, you know, it was hard for me because Rate Your Music has it at a 3.3. So, oh. I mean, already, <laughs> I already going in, I had my doubts, you know. That's, that's based off of only 195 ratings, but I mean, still... Like those are one hundred. Yeah, I mean it's small enough that I, I was hoping. Small enough, but it. hey, keep like, in mind those maybe... one hundred ninety-five raiders are you know those are Socrates, Aristotle, like the modern day top minds of the world. You know, yeah, like, they're out here in their own version of the band. Those are the fans running the world. Seriously, you know. So anyway, I saw that you know kind of was really hesitant after seeing that, but uh, yeah, then I gave it a shot and I actually really liked it. It uh, reminds me of. This kind of, I don't know, phase, but yeah, I guess it's a phase by definition. Just this uh, time in high school where I was into ska, uh, specifically Real Big Fish. And then from there, I kind of went into like lyricless, melodic. Uh, I don't I don't know the genre definitions, but uh, bands like Polyphia and Chon and Pliny and Trico, just a bunch of like yeah just yeah. <clears throat> guitars all over the place and it's super like you said about the production like you listen to the studio recordings and then you watch a live performance and it's the exact same thing like they are just produced completely live and i even saw some of those bands live and they it's just like you're listening to the album on loudspeakers but 
Uh, yeah, I mean, this album was a good time. Immediately, though, uh, I did get a lot of that, you know, uh, anime RPG soundtrack kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, wow, this is... <laughs> I did not make this connection <laughs> yeah. at the time. Understand that 15-year-old I, me hated anime. I, I don't do watch anime. It. I just really like Persona 5. Yeah, no, I, I immediately was yeah. like, whoa, this is something weeaboos would you know, love. Oh but dear. <laughs> anyway, uh, oh shit. Just no. <laughs> it got recommended to me by like he's like buff. He's like huge. And buff people watch uh, anime now, though. Like yeah, when true. I was like fourteen, it's true. You get beat up and thrown around for like an anime, and now it's like everybody likes anime. It's not a weird character trait anymore. It's, oh, I know. It's a very weird time to be in the world where it's like, oh, like an anime. I blame I blame trap yeah, rappers. I blame trap rappers. Yeah, and and I blame uh, Uzi Vert. Friggin no, I blame, I blame Ryan Celsius. You know who I don't blame, though? Like, I'm going to take that blame off of Toonami, and you know why? Because they were playing Linkin Park AMVs back in, like, 2001 on Toonami, and it was cool. I respect that. I loved watching that. I'm like, oh. That's archetypal. Cartoon Network. Oh, Linkin Park AMV on the television. I'm, it's pre-YouTube, man. It's not even some weird dude that's, like, taking videos that he recorded on his cell phone of Resident Evil 4 and dubbing, like, music over it. You know? <laughs> They predicted their time, dude. Them and Adult Swim have so much stuff that like would that was made in like the mid two thousands or early twenty tens that would just fit perfectly yeah. in twenty twenty. There's a ton of stuff like that. Uh, before we get into Jake, I want to issue a disclaimer warning. Oh boy, this album is incredibly pretentious. That's probably why I like it. It wears it on its sleeve that it that it loves the fact that it's a live recorded album with live instruments all played in time with a billion different styles. And that's why the one song that I think is a total stinker on there. I hate music is just him venting about how he doesn't make as much money as mumble rappers. Yeah. That was probably the one song where I was like, yeah, I could do without this. I was indifferent to it. It wasn't bad by any means. It just, you know, I didn't need it. It's it comes across as incredibly oh, it's salty. Very salty. Like it's one thing in in my mind, it's one thing to be pretentious and to use your pretension as a way to like elevate your art. Be like, I hold myself to this standard, so this is the type of stuff that I'm going to put out. It's another to put a track on your album where you're venting about oh, not yeah. being popular. Especially going to school for a music degree. Like I get that every day of just Yeah. Like my professors will just be like, Oh yeah, on my on my free time I'm with like this big jazz fusion weird crap band and by the way you know you should check us out on spotify also i hate mumble rap and by the way did you know that rappers make more it's yeah. like dude i get it you know like i get it you're old and you don't know what people like now that <laughs> nowadays uh you don't have to tell me i don't know all the time so yeah it's I'm, been a it's been a thing since the dawn of time dude it's oh always, it really has the younger it's, generation is yeah. always oh. the crappy music always yep yeah so it's always been <laughs> Well, but I, I like so much of that crappy music. Like, I'll listen to I Hate Music, and I, I think it's actually a good tune. I just don't like how salty yeah. it is. Uh, but I'll listen to I Hate Music, and I'll think of Oliver Francis, and I'll be like, I really like Oliver Francis, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's it's completely incompatible with my enjoyment of the song and my enjoyment of things that I listen to actually most of the time over Reign of Kim, yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, you know, honestly, like... I appreciate the disclaimer, but this album actually, like, I get what you're saying. It definitely does. I mean, I can see how that guy is a very pretentious guy, but I, I, I yeah. didn't care that much during this album, frankly. 
I did I did cringe a little bit at that song. I was kind of like, this is this is kind of cringy, yeah. but <laughs> it's so yeah, butthurt. That, that song was cringy, but the rest of the album, honestly, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I okay. I have one question before I share my review, and it's for you, Logan. Okay. I know that you were. I mean, probably still are, but at one point you were really big on Streetlight Manifesto. Where did yes. that fit in relation to this album? Um, Streetlight Manifesto was the first band I ever got into outside of my parents and outside of Guitar Hero, which is also notable because I played a ton of Guitar Hero when I was young. Uh, and it was my friend's older brother that introduced me to the band. So I, I think, like generally speaking, that's the moment that ruined me for life was the moment that I was into Streetlight Manifesto and nobody else around me was because I've played it for like people in high school. All of my friends would be like, this guy clearly can't sing. Don't ever oh, talk about why are there so many horns on this way. album? I will not stand. for. I it. will never talk about Toki that way. And that acoustic album is yeah, incredible. Um, also, everything went numb. But, is legitimately just a better album than most things that have ever come out. It, it's also true. Keys Be Nights by Catch Twenty Two, like both better albums than most. I I will defend Scott anyway. Onward, I like I like their cover out anyway. Anyway, the point is, uh, I wouldn't say that Streetlight Manifesto had a direct relation to this album because the timelines are like four or five years apart, separated by a huge huge uh, SoundCloud phase. Um, if anything, Streetlight Manifesto was just something that got me off the top 40 and because streetlight manifesto is so outside what most people will listen to it just made me accustomed to uh these really kind of schizophrenic different than the normal albums so i don't know i guess i can't say that i think okay, there's much fair, of a connection there fair enough and i didn't actually like i didn't actually think like this was a super ska-ish album i just figured with all of the brass and the just big you know kind of cinematic vocalish stuff i was like i wonder if the reason he clicked so hard with this is because of streetlight but yeah and and i wouldn't say that's entirely invalid but i would also say that kendo's use of brass and their artistic goals are pretty different from streetlight so even though everybody in the room is playing the same instrument and they have the same amount of members right like streetlight manifesto is at its core, it feels very punk, like old school punk with the raspy vocals, the way he chooses to deliver his lyrics and the song tempos. Whereas Reign of Kendo is very much like, I got a jazz degree and none of my friends are getting paid for local shows, so we're just going to do this mm. thing by ourselves. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, I totally hear that. All right, my, my review, when I first turned it on, okay, I could not stop thinking like I was just like, Vegas <laughs> you know it's like very Vegas -y yeah. for some reason I was thinking like show tune-ish Vegas Vegas stuff I don't know why but like well I actually do know why like I don't know if it's the scales they were using or what but it just kept on reminding me of like Vegas show tunes for some reason and so as I listen yeah I, the album is very showman-y in a way that a lot of different things aren't like you'll see songs that bring back the songs that bring back the guitar. Cause the vocalist is the focus songs that bring back the piano. Cause the vocalist is the focus or whatever street, uh, not streetlight Kendo. It very much has that like 
everybody's kind of showing off like uh, they're performing for a Vegas show yep. type of way. No, and it sometime and that is where like I actually don't get me wrong, overall I really did like the album, but that is where sometimes it got a little too show tuney for me, just to the point where it started to edge on a yeah. little corny. But overall it was really good. And I thought that like I don't know. The other thought that kind of came through my head after I listened to it the first time is I was like, uh, I don't know. This isn't a perfect analogy, but it kind of felt like <laughs> Tennyson meets Dream Theater meets Midwest Emo meets Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a heck of a melting pot But there. I mean, there's elements of all of that. I mean, the brass felt very... Like, when I first heard the brass... It totally got me because Midwest Emo has made me appreciate brass like I never have before. So when I first heard that, I was like, oh, yeah. oh, I love it. And then the jazzy breaks and all that stuff felt very much like Tennyson. And then the progress, the prog elements felt like Dream Theater. And I was just like, wow, this is definitely an album experience I don't think I've had before. So it was really fun. Yeah, there are, there are a few bands out there that sound kind of like this and i think of all of them as like college core bands but it it is always kind of a unique mix of what these college core brand bands will bring because some of them will come from metal backgrounds some of them will come from uh world percussion backgrounds and so it, it leads to this interesting blend i 100 percent agree with you in the corny because i think the the appeal of kendo but also kind of their problem is that there's no real irony to them they are completely straightforward. So when they make a song called Play With Fire, that's literally about an institution telling a man that he shouldn't have discovered fire. It's like, oh boy, I wonder what this is about. You know, when he makes a song about how music makes him feel good, I take him honestly because he probably just literally does mean that he likes music. It's what I talk about when he names his first album Rhythm, Chord, and Melody. I'm like, there is... There is complete sincerity, but there's also no like wink to the audience to save you when you reach yeah, a little too far. Yeah, this album just feels so you know, when you like make a standard gone professional. Like <laughs> I don't know, like what's the yeah. name of the first album? Rhythm, chord, and what? Rhythm, chord, oh. and melody. <laughs> yeah, that is that is really <laughs> yeah. Bad. It's, like it's I can rough. just imagine in junior high but, a kid coming up to me like, "Yo, we're throwing together a jazz band." I'm, you know, at the Garage at Home, first debut LP is going to be called <laughs> Rhythm, Chord, and Melody. <laughs> and, like, taking it super yeah. seriously, all like, you know, yeah, we got, like, you were producing everybody on their own. And, like, you know, we got brass section and everything. It's yeah. like, man, that that's what these guys feel like to me anyway. See, and you're not wrong. <laughs> that's like, what these guys are. I, and I'm not, I'm not going to purport to, like, be a mind reader here, right? But they're just so yeah, straightforward. Yeah. And they, and they like really clearly think that what they're singing about is important on a yeah. lot of the songs. Like, uh, like I think the reason dust works as a track is because he takes it so seriously, you know, like he's, he's literally trying to express this idea of like the passage of time being nothing in a grander scale. So when he plugs it into a message that is kind of higher thinking that 
we can all just kind of appreciate the aesthetics of i think it works really well but when it comes to a song like i hate music i don't think he has a shred of irony right, in his right. body when he realizes like how salty the one person sounds. i can think of that kind of matches that energy is steven wilson from porcupine tree and we know how i feel about steven wilson and porcupine tree oh we do he's got like just an aura of pretension about him that is on another level and uh yeah so like when you've got like a song like dust versus a song like i hate music i'm like yeah i could see steven wilson doing his own version of this because i mean even now steven wilson's gotten more into like a popular side than things but there's a reason he wrote a song like anesthetized that's 18 minutes long and is also like i don't like modern music Except for Radiohead. I like Tom yeah. But other than that, I'm listening to Camel and Gentle Giant. You probably haven't heard of him. Like, I don't know. I love Steven Wilson, but he's definitely he, got that energy about him. So I can kind of relate in that sense. Yeah, and I, and I appreciate it too because, you know, these are the types of people that can only make this type of music, you know? For every Machine Girl and Oliver, you know, Oliver especially winks at you really hard. You know, he's like, you see what I'm doing? You see what I'm doing here? But... It takes a Steven Wilson or a Reign of Kindo to make these songs that discuss these these existential concepts and then really try to sweep you up in the feeling of thinking about those things. You know, that's that's something beyond what ironic artists can do because they're so focused. I guess they're intensely focused on keeping their layer of abstraction, whereas like a Steven Wilson or uh, gosh, I wish I remembered his name kendo front man like they're all about like this is how right. i feel about this my thing. thing is is what your point about um part of what makes it uh is like he's taking it so serious i i don't know my thing about this whole situation with this singer is like uh, okay I, i'm trying to figure out a good way to say this face melting jazz pop jazz is really hard to be dead serious about you know what i'm saying like when you listen to Mm. like for example i I know i'm bringing them up again but tennyson right because tennyson does this face meltingly over the top ridiculous jazz that's just you know it is like it's like mario sunshine we have the joke about mario sunshine and because have you guys heard the mario sunshine soundtrack or at least did you play some of the game Mm. You yeah. know, that just ridiculous... I, I think I get yeah, what you're talking about. Just ridiculous, jazzy, pop-breaky <laughs> stuff. And if you're dead serious over the top of that, like, even Tennyson, like, they'll just cut everything out and just play a freaking sample of a cat meowing and then, like, somebody <laughs> snoring. You know, like, they're yeah. definitely joking with it. And this album, I do agree. I think for the musicality of it, like, the actual music, his tone's a little too serious for what's going on, but... It was still good yeah it and that's where you get like uh like songs like help it which i think have a perfect groove have a great catchy chorus but it's like i can't help it if the rhythm's right it's like dude could you have sat on that lyric for a little bit longer like think about think about any way to be like a little bit more clever about what yeah. you're trying to say yeah no i i definitely agree but, with that i agree with your point I admire their honesty. And then the other reason that I wanted to bring up this band, half for the music, because I like them a lot. But the other half is uh, the way that they currently make money, they've never been signed to a major label. The way that they make money now is through their Patreon. (laughs) 
where patrons pay a monthly fee oh. for them to get together and record a song. And at the end of every year, they release it as an album. And I just wanted to gauge everybody's thoughts on that. So it's in always whatever a 12 uh, song album at the end of every year. Wait, it's pretty much. It's, they yeah. do one song a month is the whole thing. Yeah. So they've, they've only done it, I think twice so far. Um, between you and I, the albums are kind of trash, but I don't think that's the fault of you their pricing what? model. Like my thing about uh, it is, I guess this one is up to the listeners because I guess if these people on Patreon are passionate enough about, they want to fund that cool. And I'm not going to tell them they shouldn't, but like, come on, yeah. man. Like we're going to get together if you pay for it. Hey, well, first of all, how many members are in this band? I mean, this is easily like a uh, somewhere between six to twelve person right. act. Depending so say on they the have song. like a thousand fans paying for a dollar a month Patreon thing. That's a that's twelve grand a year split yeah. between twelve people. A thousand dollars a year. Like at that right. point, like why even? Like that's probably the like, price of gas. You know, to get to the recording <laughs> studio for like. Hold up, let me let me look up there. <laughs> The price of gas. The price. Of- I like seriously like <laughs> they paid. They paid for their flutes like, together. They're, they're, they're like support us on Patreon so we can break even on gas money. <laughs> like individually, they're just oh making such like small amounts of change. It's like why even try to push this Patreon thing? But maybe it's not. Maybe they got like you know a thirty-five dollar a month tier like we do. I mean, it's worked out great. We got. Are you, are you guys ready for the stats? Patrons, right for the thirty thirty-five dollar a month thing. I mean, we're. We're doing all right, but like we're, 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 right doing, we're doing I mean, fine. Yeah, I mean, just saying. <laughs> here we go. Here's here's the uh, stats on yeah. them. Kendo has a one dollar, two dollar, and five dollar tier. Oh man, That's okay. It. By the way, they're creating music videos and a podcast. Oh, so. full time podcaster dreams. Wow. That's all us. If you want to hear him talk about how he hates music in a way that isn't eminently catchy, <laughs> wait, what are the like tiers that mock you? Like, uh, what do you get for five a month? So for five dollars you know, a month, they don't give a lobster. Patch. You get yeah. there's no lobster patch, dude. <laughs> or Ain't like us. I know. Logan's I know. Animal We're corner. way ahead of their game. See, that's what you guys don't understand about Logan's Animal Corner bonus episodes is that we're way ahead of you, boomers, <laughs> Kendo. We're you're here. We're here. All right, and we like, mumble, we rap, like mumble rap. So rap. take that how you will. <laughs> I, I like too. mumble rap. Uh, they have at the five dollar tier, you can submit them and ask us anything. <laughs> You get early oh access gosh. to the podcast, Whoa. not the podcast itself. Early That's access. Um, you, this is neat. You get a raw wave file of their uh, song as well as an audio commentary on the song. So, I mean. I yeah, that's pretty interesting. I like hearing people right, talk about me. Like, there's those wave chasers out there that are just on Reddit. Like, hey, does anybody have the wave for this song? Me. That's me. Hey, bro, where's where downloading like Agalog black got? metal albums in like Flack for some reason? <laughs> I don't blame you. More people should do it's, that. We need to stop streaming. There is, is bad. <laughs> one thing on my like old school iPod I've had since sixth grade, and it's Agalock's Marrow of the Spirit, and it's in Flack. I mean, there's more stuff than that, but it's the only Flack thing I have on that entire iPod. It is half a gigabyte for six songs. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I don't. It's like I'm, I'm like that. yeah, lossless is really cool. Don't get me wrong, I agree with it 100. percent But as a format, it makes no sense. Yeah. Like if you're gonna do that, just pay the money mm. for title masters. What does what does Spotify stream at? Isn't it three twenty? When you're at yeah, depends. 
it's 320 um if you're on the high setting but that's it and it's like their proprietary format so you can't even like rip the files that easily i anyway yeah let's hear okay so they have a 60 dollar tier that lets you get an executive producer credit on their album and finally they have a 150 dollar tier where you get a one-on-one private lesson every (laughs) month oh my gosh that's actually kind of sick a lesson that's pretty sick yeah private lessons I mean, that's pretty for 150 cool, a month i'm a actually patch, i mean that's pretty tight yeah a lobster patch <laughs> yeah, <same. laughs> lobster patch would be cool you know i will give you private lessons on how to be a podcaster at our new 150 dollar <laughs> tier you also get a lobster patch you, you you'll get one-on-one instruction with me on how to be an effective music podcaster uh sorry animal facts <laughs> podcast do they on patreon do they give you stats about how many people back them or no they used to so they do so they this is the kicker this is the kicker they have 765 okay, patrons but, so it really is yeah, gas money yeah. for the flutist and 750 of those are the one dollar a month subscriptions <laughs> dude Jeez. you know it so the thing the thing that gets me is like i was reading this uh guy talk about developing open source software and having a patreon for that i know uh in before <laughs> cs guy um but the thing is, he talked about, like, uh, originally open source software was a passion for him. He did it just because he cared and because he wanted to do something with his internet friends. And he says, now that I have people paying me on Patreon, it's actually created an obligation for me to work on the software. Because before, it was how I would spend my free time. Now it's just something that I don't get paid a lot of money to do as a job. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I mean, like, I think the Patreon idea is interesting and it's, it's closer to what I want to see than Spotify taking these ridiculous cuts and labels taking the rest uh, from artists. But I mean, this is nothing like if you're doing you, you still have to do it as a hobby and this is just like pocket change for you to buy Denny's afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> and don't get me wrong. Denny's post recording is a great feeling, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing with Patreon is like, it's not any kind of real money. Like it, really is just gas money but you I, still have yeah. to work for like you're just working for all these people for a crap wage so i so, don't know I, yeah and there are like if you're a drama youtuber that has a patreon you're making nothing but oh that. yeah right you yeah. know what i mean but if you're if you're getting seven people in a studio and eating up their weekends for it like that's when patreon starts looking a little like okay yeah. what yeah. are you doing I guess, you know, I guess that's fair. I, I just, I do think that, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm starting to think too much like Logan. Ugh. <laughs> but my thing well, is, like, I, I Yeah, what, a, I what do you mean I, by that? Something wrong with how Logan thinks? <laughs> oh, no, no. Of course. Shut up, Damon. You told the whole world that you don't listen to me. Okay. No, no, no. I don't mean that in a super negative way, but I do think that, like, Sometimes you're a little radical on like um <laughs> like money, you know the way that money should play a role. I I get what you're saying. Yeah. But in this case, maybe I'm starting to actually get where you're coming from because I I w- I guess I need to do more research on their whole Patreon stance, but if the thing is you guys we don't do it unless you guys pay us to do it. I I just don't really like the concept of that. I I don't yeah. know. Mm. My thing is, I feel like you should do it for the music. At the very least, you should be doing it for the music, and then the money doesn't always follow. That's the thing. Like, 
and maybe that's maybe yeah. that's why people have a problem with things like mumble rap and EDM electronic people and spinoffs like that because maybe that like those people they're not making money. I mean, okay, okay, big mumble yeah. rappers are. I mean, I I know, but a lot of these people are. Well, and big studio musicians are too. Yeah. So, so my thing is, money is, shouldn't be the indicator. But I do hear what you're saying yeah. on if they are bringing in musicians that expect to be paid. That is a hard situation. Right, especially for like live tours and performances and stuff. It's just it's totally different if you're a kid in a basement with no overhead and a ton of cracked plugins. <laughs> <laughs> versus if you're a guy like bringing in seven studio musicians and then you're like i can not afford to pay you but we can go get a grand slam which i mean that is fair that's i i cody i i wanted to particularly hear your opinion on this because you have been in the industry a little bit and you know people that are trying to make ends meet what do you think like the pricing model is nowadays is something like this viable what can artists look towards i think it's an interesting concept to have the patreon but i think it doesn't work so well in music at least for like my world i music comes down to like in more normal times than now merch sales and live performances because obviously like streams and everything aren't going to get you anything people aren't buying physical media at the rate they used to be and so i think it's hard to say like necessarily what patreon can or can't do and i mean i don't have anything against patreon if you can leverage that and you make it work for your like artist output then absolutely go for it i know protest the hero did that ep that they did a few years ago off of patreon and so like it's not impossible it's definitely doable. I just, I feel like under more normal circumstances, like I can understand a band starting like a Patreon in the here and now. And I've seen it like, and actually like I'm going to touch on this in the chasing a bag thing, but people like I, this could mean nothing to any of you, but there's a guy on YouTube slash Vimeo. His name's hate five, six real name is Sonny Singh. He's a videographer from uh, Philadelphia. I almost said Pittsburgh, but from Philadelphia. And his whole thing is just filming bands. And he's got his own Patreon. He's turned it into a full-time job. He travels around the world when things are more normal. Like, he films festivals in Japan, does tours in Australia, goes all over Europe with bands, and films them. And that's what he does. He's also, like, really into tech stuff. And so he'll do, like, hey, if you're my Patreon, and, like, I'm in one of his Patreons. I'm in, like, the $10 tier. He's been doing, like, live streams of bands' performances, Right now, like, he'll get him in, like, the studio and just, like, live stream it. And I think it's really cool how he does that. And so that's, like, another thing where you can definitely leverage Patreon. But I don't know how many bands that are looking to make music their main source of income should prioritize Patreon over something else. So with that, I actually have a question that, that kind of goes back to Logan a bit if okay if there's projects like this kindo thing right where it requires that much money to produce where do you stand logan with your whole no money in music thing <laughs> you you're right jake there is certainly certain types of music that are just more expensive than others and i want those types of music to exist just as much as i want um all my mumble rap and all my basement edm to be produced and so it's hard for me to say things like there should be no money in music when 
you know, I look at a band like Kendo that for some reason is choosing Patreon because I'm sure it's softening the blow somehow of what they do to make their music. Um, so I, I mean, to be totally honest, I, I come across as radical because I want the industry to move towards um, less emphasis on these hyperstars and pumping up their careers and getting them on tour all the time. I want to bring the roots back to it being more about the music. So when it comes to individual bands like Kendo or uh, your average producer, I, it's actually hard for me to like give them guidance because I think if you're at that middle level where you're just trying to sustain a project that isn't, you know how we talked about like cockroach yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, bands versus yeah. like middle tier bands versus big bands. Like the big bands will make it through because Uzi can just sit in his home studio and record mumble rap all day. And he takes no losses other from his shows, which he'll make up through live streams on Instagram with product <laughs> placements anyway. And the cockroach bands, you know, like us doing music for N10, we're not going to stop because the industry slow down. It's the bands like at that Cody's talk to that Cody's booked venues for that are really that are really taking the hit you know even in normal times because it's just hard to monetize at that level and if you lose any sort of momentum things inherently become difficult so to answer your question jake i don't really have guidance for these people i have nothing to say to them i i wish them the best of luck i hope that you know when things return to normal i can start attending more shows and buying merch for the artists that i want to support um because the only thing that I want to definitively say is that if you're a cockroach musician right now, keep doing that because I think that's sustainable and that's a good way to keep music fun. Um, and if you're a big rap star, I would really like to see you um, not be taken so advantage of by corporate interests. So I don't know. Maybe that's kind of weaseling out of the question, well, but enough. I just I don't think it applies at yeah. this level. I mean... Uh, yeah, I mean it applies, but it's just in a case where that money has to come from somewhere. So I guess they they do what they have to do. Right, and and again, it'd be really cool if uh, we had this pricing model that allowed us to support bands like Reign of Kindo, not necessarily through live shows or merch. Because I mean, you know, as great as much as I would like to go to live shows, I'm kind of an introverted in my house guy. So I don't go to a lot of shows. And so I'm worried like, oh, that's not supporting the release. So then what do I do? Oh, do I buy a vinyl? But I don't really want to carry a vinyl everywhere. But then the other thing is, and we talked about people who have like PayPal me in the description <laughs> or whatever. It's like, dude, why would I ever PayPal you if I'm not yeah. getting anything in return? Like I need, I need at least By a the little way, badge you or can something. Venmo so. us at, at Nitwick Radio. Um, we would love any money you can send our way we we are all driving you know we've got gas expenses sometimes we go hit restaurants after the show you know we need you guys so this is this is not slam which money so that way we can all go and i can hit on the goth waitress who's working at denny's at 3 most important that's why we go to the denny's is the goth waitress that's working there at 3 a.m what the frick is up exclusively (laughs) that's a great that is such a great video dude All right, Damon. Do you have anything that you want to throw two cents in about me? Oh, uh, yeah. Anything? Anything about this pricing uh, model? Not stuff? really. Just, I mean, I don't know. Patrons. I mean, hard to keep up. Like, I consume a lot of entertainment, but and I have the disposable income, but I am not a patron to anybody still. So, I don't know. Like for me, I'd rather just 
like if somebody's Twitch streaming or something, I'd rather, uh, you know, pay to get shouted out just once than, you know, get some bogus benefit for a buck a month and stuff. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I, yeah. <clears throat> for patrons, like, I think the biggest thing a lot of people don't realize is it is just labor for a crap wage. You know, I feel like a lot of up and coming people are just like, oh, I'll start a patron and then people will pay me to exist. It's like, no, they're paying you very little and you have to actually give something in return, which will probably most of the time not be worth it at all. Because, I mean, the amount of time and effort you put into something that you're giving them in return for a dollar, it's just, I don't know, ridiculous. So, because, like, I'm subscribed to a bunch of, like, smaller YouTubers and they've got, you know, little patrons. But then you see what they're pumping out on their Patreon and it's like, geez, like, all that for, like, what, 50 bucks a month? Like, I just think people are looking at Patreon the wrong way it should be looked at, which is you're working for people for a very small sum of money. And there's nothing more than that, you know? So. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean... A very volatile sum of yeah. money, too. Like, it's not Oh, and stable. I'm sure there's tons of fees and crap, and, like, yeah, it's just, like... But I, I guess the thing is, is that very small amount of money is still going to be larger than what Spotify or YouTube or something like that is giving you. So, I don't know. I just... Yeah. They're yeah. screwing you over. Everybody yeah. knows it. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, yeah, that's... Right now is oh, when Aaron. Wow, on that depressing <laughs> note. Right now is when Aaron would hit the board. You want me? To, you want to do the? What's the music knows? Oh, it's the music news. There's no question that. Let's see. The hip. The music is is affecting children of all making kinds like this. Like this. Yeah, that. This will go down as the worst moment in our podcast history. It will be a meme on nitwick.com. Oh, man. It might even hit the subreddit. It might hit the subreddit. But thank you for joining me for that. That was the worst moment in. Yeah. Oh, just wait for the chasing a bag one. This is the shark. This is the shark. We just jumped the shark. Hey, speaking of sharks and music news, Baby Shark is now the most viewed YouTube video of all time. So, uh, does this make Baby Shark officially one of the most popular songs of it, all time? It makes so. it the most popular song of all time. Dude, that's insane. It's be- you want to know there's why? There's approximately one view for Baby Shark for every human on earth. This is why. Oh. This is why. There's some <laughs> there's some small family in a New York studio that have a 3-year-old and they're just like, oh, this three-year-old is just going crazy. What do we do to control him? Oh, let's baby yeah, shark. let's go, baby shark. Put it on mm. replay. That's what's I happening, know. bro. I mm-hmm. I mean, the only setting I've ever played baby shark is on my own free time. So just I don't know because if that's really accurate. It's got to be accurate. There is no <laughs> way. There is no way that you get that many plays. Think about it, Justin Babe, Justin Bieber's baby. Right? Do you remember when that was the most played video? No. That. Oh yeah. That oh, dark time. I thought you meant. I remember I when you Gummy Bear Long child. English version was the top oh, video. I didn't. I didn't realize you were talking about the song. I thought. Oh, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber's baby. I'm like, he has a kid. Like, all right, no, oh, but yeah, the song. Yeah. Are we? Are, that's referring to like that incident where the Kardashians posted a picture of one of their kids, and then everybody got an egg to the top of <laughs> yeah. Instagram. Wait, Justin Bieber's baby. Let's talk about Justin Bieber's love life real quick. All right. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah, know I think we that. should pass on that. <laughs> All right, fine. 
I'm vetoing <laughs> let it. it. Be, let it. I'm on the Nitwick Security Council, and I'm vetoing that ocean. Uh, he comes back and he just starts throwing his weight around like. Hello he and welcome to Celebrity Love Life Radio. This is. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Hey. I realize I realized that a, a long time ago that we're those people that are like, why would you care about celebrities? Who cares what celebrities are doing? But then we talk about the same cabal of like 20 yeah. people over and over every week. Very true. Hey, did you guys know uh, Melanie yep. Martinez is with uh, Oliver Tree? Oh, yeah. For some reason. Actually, I did I know guess. that. Dude, I think to this I, day, yeah. I think it's over, dog. Oh, legit. Yeah, that's Dude. sad. What uh, happened? Not- Price saw his stupid Jinko jeans and was like, "All right, that's enough." <laughs> <laughs> hey, no. Oh, if you having listened to Melanie Martinez via uh, my sister, I will say that they are the yeah, perfect dude, match for the each female other. Oliver Tree. Just I've never heard it. I don't even know. She, who is, she is literally yeah. female. Him. She's just. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, I don't want to get into gender differences at this point in my political standing, but... You're already canceled, so... <laughs> Why is it over? It's yeah, too late I know. already. It's already happened. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, anyway. This claim is disputed. <laughs> All right, Luke, Damon, sorry, we didn't mean to cut you off, bro. Uh, yeah, music news. Uh, I really don't have anything other than System of Down, first time in 15 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That, that was good song. That was too. big news for me, because, I mean, last mm. year was like peak of system of down you know band fangirling you know and i was just like man if only they'd release something new and uh i guess for those of you that know don't know why they released a new song is because uh azerbaijan and turkey are currently bombing the crap out of people in armenia and so they were kind of like well this finally warrants us getting back together because i mean uh it's weird because three of the four members are like very much socialist and then, like, the drummer is just, like, this hardcore Trump supporter. And so I think more than anything, that's why it's been so hard for them to uh, crank stuff out. And, and uh, they get they get along, I guess, huh? They're yeah, I mean, they're- well, I mean, they're all Armenian. And, like, Armenian heritage is kind of the one thing that they agree on. And they all agree that, hey, civilians shouldn't be getting bombed to death uh, regardless of political views that's pretty, pretty unifying, unifying issue. issue i think we're unified yeah. here <laughs> it, yeah no so, but i mean yeah i, I'll st- I know, stand I'll, with I'll system stand of with the down on this, on this. One, you know <laughs> no damon i actually <laughs> i hope I, i'm sure they care <laughs> i mean so i yeah i think this isn't even a issue for support or not like i think what's going on there is i mean like all i've heard is really what they've been posting and stuff but i mean i don't know I've been happy, but also keep in mind, it's nothing that the U.S. doesn't do either, but that's not for this podcast. Um, that's not, that's not what well, anything goes no, on Logan's no, Animal that Corner is, bonus that is, episodes. That is, <laughs> this is for the $35 patrons. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. One, this is like that one late night episode of freaking uh, that one guy. Ah, I, my, the joke's gone. I, I screwed it. Never mind. Okay, but that's okay. Yeah, I appreciate it. Would, the it would have been funny if I could have landed the timing, but I did not land mm. that timing. Okay, but Damon, I have been I have been dying to it's ask. Right. What did you think of his voice? Because you always talk about his voice. It and- was it was shockingly good. Like I seriously, yeah. I mean, if you look at their live performances of any like any live performance within the past like ten years, Search Tanky and just sounds like he's dying. Like it really does not sound good. But I mean Something with the production, something with, because like I don't think Serge ever really sings by himself. They've always got 
Darren also like harmonizing with him. So I think they hit it pretty well. And I was, I didn't even notice really. So, I mean, more than anything, that's what I'm most excited for about those songs is, Hey, you can't tell that he's, his voice sucks now. So, <laughs> so is there only the two or, or am I love me? Some is there only the two or am I oblivious? No, like, it's just a single. I don't, I thought there was I'd two of them, weren't there. Yeah. There's two songs there in the okay, single. Yeah. Oh, EP or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, yeah, and I guess the conflict has been resolved too, and so I don't expect them to make an album or anything more to go Dang. along with this. So uh, Dang. I don't know. It might just be a one. I know. I don't know. It, it does suck because punk music has been so good these past four years. What's going to happen? It'll still be there. Don't worry. <laughs> You'll just have big bands yeah. like Rise Against being like, yeah, you know, we voted for Biden. It is what it is. And then the rest of the bands, <laughs> they're like, you know, doing whatever they've done for the last like ever. Like, yeah, we hate him. You know, yeah. we still hate him and the president in general. Screw that guy. So it. Yeah, it's true. The The beauty of punks is that they never find a way to stop punk hating is, the president it's, and making and turning that rage into great music. It is a cockroach. It is a cockroach. It will never yeah, die. I mean, it'll never die. I I appreciate, it. but in the past, between 2016 to 2019, at least from following Fantano, I've seen so many crazy good punk albums come out that uh, you know, I just hope that doesn't totally die. Yeah, I think I we'll punk, see. as they say, punk will never die, dude. So, yeah, I don't know, nothing That's to worry true. about there. It's true. All right, any more music news, or are no. we ready to move on to our most famous season reboot? Well, it was a season two segment. Now it's the reboot segment. <laughs> yeah. I got Legacy segment. Basing a chag. All right. Uh, I didn't trust music. I didn't trust the industry. I didn't trust teachers. I don't trust politicians. I don't trust my parents. I don't trust my brothers, my sisters, my pastors. I trusted... Zach De La Roca. <laughs> Smart man, Tom that. Morello, man. Uh, yeah, that is the truth. <laughs> I later learned that was also a mistake, and now I trust nobody. Uh, R.I.P. Morello. And collaborate Morello with Imagine Dragons. Morello still has, in my opinion, some of the best guitar work in history, but, mm. you know, rest in peace. No one's disputing that claim, <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, so good. I think we all agree with you yeah. on that one. <laughs> so You're good. preaching to the choir, man. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Anyway. So <laughs> I love it when podcasts are echo chambers. <laughs> anyway, Cody. So uh bass in a chag this week. Um Yeah. You know, I have not really had much opportunity to think about this, but I've talked about a lot in the past, like networking and everything. I dude, I really don't, Logan. I see you laughing, but you know, I've had other stuff yeah, going on. I know. I don't chase bit. bags. I just come home and watch TV. But uh <laughs> watching like when we're talking about like patreon and everything and it was like oh it made me think of the band code orange and on um halloween this year they did like a live stream event with a band from philadelphia called jesus peace a band from delaware a straight edge band from delaware called year of the knife and then machine girl and so there was like it was a very interesting mix and so that's kind of where i was going with this is just like the idea of networking and like things that are not similar like I wouldn't put Machine Girl and Year of the Knife on a bill together. Those are like both abrasive in their own way, but two very different things. 
But I think it's interesting, yeah. like the fact that you can bring those together. And I think mixed bill shows once Corona's gone and we get back to like the normal pace of having shows and everything, I think mixed genre bill shows are going to be a lot more popular. And so it's kind of interesting to have that like network. Um, and it's something like I've enjoyed doing in shows that I've booked in the past. It's like throw a couple rappers on there. Totally different crowd, but like the rap kids love to go off for the hardcore bands and vice versa. So I don't know. It's expanding your network while still managing to like keep your network strong. Power numbers, I guess. But it's interesting because like yeah. no one that listens to Machine Girl. Well, I shouldn't say no one. That's an absolute. But most people that listen to Machine Girl probably wouldn't search out Year of the Knife. They're like, we don't need some like super heavy straight edge band from Delaware to tell us about anything. But then they played a show together. And I think a band like Code Orange, yeah. who's like really like broken that glass ceiling of like hardcore because they've like had Corey Taylor from Slipknot on songs. And I remember watching them play Kilby Court to like 12 people in like 2011. Amazing. And so it's like definitely a much different vibe. But I think it's interesting, like how they've taken that network, they've expanded it while still having their own very strong personal network. Yeah, there's something to that. I think the beauty of, uh, I think, partially internet critics for whatever flack they get and these kind of like isolated communities is that now we have a ton of bleed over across genres. Like the people that like Death Grips now like a ton of Japanese shoegaze music. Uh, the people that like 100 Gex are listening to Charlie XCX for some reason and all her old work and Carly Rae Jepsen. So, I mean, even if we're looking at that top sphere of artists, we're already seeing that like people aren't even worried about putting those types of people on even the same Spotify playlist anymore. Uh, it, things have really kind of started to expand beyond genres for bands, at least in the in the online world that I've seen. It's not so much I go to a hardcore community. It's I go to this group of people and they happen to like this strange selection yeah, of international Pollen, artists. Pollen, bro. Go, um, go follow Pollen, so that's, dog. Yeah. I mean, I don't come, like Pollencore, but I like the idea of cross-genre like, playlists. You can't say <laughs> something like what you just said and then say you don't like Pollen. Like, that's the concept. That's the idea. Well, okay. Let me let me be clear. Let me be clear. The exact thing that I hate about Paul and the Spotify playlist is that they're all quirky wink type musicians and that they're appropriating a lot of the musicians that I like that I think are actually doing something clever with yet another Claro, yet another bedroom producer that has the slightest bit of irony to them and putting them in the same playlist like that they have remotely the same attitudes or artistic intentions. So, I mean, it's one thing to celebrate the fact that I can listen to uh, Dillinger Escape Plan right next to Daughters, right next to Machine Girl in one of my favorite playlists. That's one thing. It's another thing to put industry plant Claro on the exact same playlist as JPEG Mafia. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I know. It it's is. my whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And I'm so glad that's crossing over into the front world. I would love to go to a punk show and then have it turn out to be a rap so, show or vice versa. Cody, I love that. Cody, stuff. your whole your whole thing then is booking unrelated genres. Is that is that in my not my whole thing? I, I'd say that it's definitely been a thing. Like where if I just have one band coming through and that's the whole package, it's like all right, let me get one band from around here that I know will play. 
and then I'll call up like when I was still booking shows a lot of the time well, actually the entire time I booked at this place called Gold Blood Collective in Salt Lake and it's like rap collective meets like BMX collective and it's a very interesting group of people but they like hardcore one like the guy who runs it his name's Matt and he's like a hardcore kid that I've known for 10 years now he lives in Denver but he makes like SoundCloud rap he's definitely like a little peep kind of guy and then uh nice the other guys that are there kind of do the same thing but they've got a bunch of friends that like you know they call them up and like bam you're gonna have like 40 kids there in five minutes and you're gonna have two rappers on the show and those kids are all gonna go insane the entire time and so like i definitely every once in a while i like just a straight up like four hardcore band bill i don't need anything else but sometimes it's interesting to like throw a rapper in the mix see how everybody that reacts cool. I like and it. so like you're still networking inside of your own network for lack of a better word but you're kind of expanding out bringing in something that might not totally be the same but still works for lack of a better word and so it like i've done that a couple times in fact i there was a show i booked like a year ago i think that was actually the last show i booked because i took it off for the winter or the rest of the winter and then corona started but uh yeah that would have been because i had like three shows booked for april and then the rona said no but Dang. Yeah, I just I told my friend Matt, I was like, hey, bro, I'm in Denver. I was like, I'm not even going to make it to the show. I was like, you want to just throw a couple rappers on there? And they sent me videos of it. And it was crazy. I was like, yep. I was like, it worked out. So, you know, dude, when when Corona's over, we should go as a nitwick family <laughs> to one of Cody's hardcore shows. Dude, I'm more than it. Yeah, I, Wait, I when when you say Cody's like, what do you mean? You booked shows like you literally called bands and got them together at a venue like Kind of. Usually the bands like, so there's a booking group in America called State of Mind, and they pretty much only work with hardcore bands, mm-hmm. but I was like, they're one of their two Utah contacts. Oh, nice. And so if like a band was rolling through, they'd just be like, hey man. And it just came from the fact that I knew like this kid named Justin Fornoff, he plays in like this emo band called Wrist Meat Razor, but he's from Vegas and I've known him for five years now. And he just was like, hey, we're coming through. And he liked how I ran the show. And so he made me like the Utah contact after that. Wow. So, wow. That is sick. Nice. Right on. Also, great emo yeah. band name. Oh. So have you basically Logan, met like, like every it's hardcore it's band? Good. Or what was that, Damon? Have you met like not every, but a very large amount of hardcore bands, like personally, or at least talked to them in some way? A lot of like the bands that are like doing their thing right now, yeah. And I know a lot of like the older people, especially like if they're from Salt Lake and they stuck around, I've probably like hung out with them multiple times. Cool. And there isn't a ton of people like that blew up out of Salt Lake, but the connections are there. Like there's a couple of people who definitely were like friends with the used before they like blew up mm-hmm. and did everything they did. And nice. so it's definitely like it's a very tight knit community. Dude. Cool. Even if a lot of people hate each other, it's still a tight knit. Wait, do you know a band called Acacia Ridge? No, I don't um, think so. That's the one Salt Lake band that I know. But, Dude, all right, no yeah, I, that's the only band I've heard brought up on the show the that Cody has a That is band true. I yeah. know is Modern Baseball. That's the one and only. I mean, that's the only one you need to. <laughs> well, hey, uh, Magic Dragons. Uh, I actually finally listened to Rit Momney, so for oh, whatever that's what, worth. What'd you think? Yeah. Uh, I don't know why everybody was hiding Rit Momney from oh, so me. Nice. Probably that it, name. It's like, terrible. 
No, that name is great, what? dude. It's a great name. Oh, it's so it. it's fitting a great for name. Utah band. Shush. Um, are they really it's from so perfect. Utah? It's huh? or is this another modern yeah, baseball SLC. situation? No, they really, no, they are. really are. No, he actually is. I did my research because we embarrassed ourselves <laughs> so badly with modern so, baseball. Now that I think about it, this Rit Momney situation, I have definitely put on Twitter. I was like, "Wow, that is the worst name for a band I've ever heard," and they liked my tweet. Nice. <laughs> Dude, well, I stand by it. I hate that. Relatively successful. That means something. uh, Well, it's like bands like that or Mom Jeans. I'm like, no, don't screw with Mom Jeans. Mom Jeans is good though. I get it. I've never listened to it. I don't want to listen to it because I hate the name so much. The name is weird, but it's actually strangely fitting when you just listen to them. Just you got to give them a try, dog. Oh. Mm, I don't listen to enough of like that brand of emo for me to like really want to sit down. No offense to you, Jake, or your music taste. Fair just, enough. It doesn't work for me, especially at this point in my life, because I never even really got into American football. I was like, I liked the first album you well enough. Out, I tried. I just couldn't. It didn't stick for me. And that was probably because at the time I, think, I was listening uh, to a lot of like really heavy hardcore. And I was like, there's no breakdowns in this. So this sucks. <laughs> And just kept it moving. Cody, whatever whatever tragic breakups you've had in your life, uh, you need to go through something more tragic. And then we'll talk about American football. Oh, man, I don't know. I'm listening to bands called Wrist Meat Razor out here. I think I might be all right. <laughs> See, uh, I think it's different. I think it's different. You got to get a band that gets you feeling emotionally vulnerable. I've seen those emo bands. Some of them some of them put on a heck of a show like a like old gray oh, for yeah. example I gray oh, like old gray day. sounds oh, hard i never really got into that stuff but those bands like that would always tour with like touche amore or law dispute and they'd play salt lake like 40 times a year yep. so i used to see them a bunch nice anyway well excellent so i think the i think the advice here is uh don't be afraid to mix your genres a little bit yeah don't get stuck Reach in out a, to people outside of your rut. genre there's no fun in being in a rut no fun yeah it don't be the only jungle artist who performs with only other jungle artists yeah. mix it up be a jungle artist that goes to a Katy perry show none of the audience will know what to do but they will have their minds yep. expanded true all right i think uh do we have any other segments music philosophy yeah, whatever. music philosophy yeah, bot dub. we talked about patreons yeah dude that's the name of the that's the name of this episode the patreon episode welcome to the patreon <laughs> podcast where we give you tips on how to on how to live <laughs> on how to realize that two hundred dollars a month from 10 people is not enough to pay your rent it's true uh anyway bot dub jake uh you've never started us on this before so i think you should yeah, okay i think I'll, you should go first I'll try it i'll lead out on it um all right this has kind of been a long time coming but uh all right it was okay it was a lot of thinking to choose which song i wanted to go with but keys to the city on blady's new album all right oh that album first couple of times i heard it i kind of couldn't get past his honestly his style i at first i was like ah yeah it's very awkward i don't don't know if i can keep doing this but now that album 333 i am addicted right now it is so good holy crap so here's the thing about Mm. it it's one of those albums for me where there's hardly any songs on it that i don't like 
I like almost every song on the album. Not quite everyone, but almost everyone. And um Yeah, it's very consistent yeah. at the very and, least. And um anyway, I just love how awkward he is and yet he has these really chill but super hard 808s that are just oh man i don't know it's a great album and i just thought keys to the city was one that i've been bopping on this week hard so there it is yeah and and blady so often gets lumped in with like other emo rappers like a little peep or or other basically other autotune rappers and he really does sound very different from them as soon as you have like kind of a trained ear for that music. And this is not me no, being pretentious. You. It's just, I don't think he sounds similar to those guys at all. Not saying one is even better than the other, but like Blady will sing so awkwardly and the, his lyrics are just like illusory nonsense, basically. Like not, he, he'll talk about money or clothes or whatever, but he'll do it in such a way that like, references his ideas of god and the idea of transforming into different shapes and forms it's i don't know it's i don't know if he's pretending to be deep or if he just is like this is Honestly, who he is in either real way life. either way i love but it it's and awesome this, this album like it's up there for one of my favorite albums i've found this year not number one that's awesome but up there i would put one of them yeah to, well, shoot, I'm just glad I could give you a wreck because no future is going to make my hey, end of your list, there we too. Go. That's a fist bump through the phone. By the way, Cody, don't listen to Blady's 333. You actually will hate this album based on what I can tell of your music taste. I've always lumped him in with like Young Lean and the Sad Boys. Is that a fair comparison? I've never listened to him. I just, I see his name usually in that conversation. Young Lean's a lot more direct. Uh, think like a hundred gecks, but instead of being on cocaine, they're more on like he's on shrooms. Yeah, but we, I might give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> this is a family friendly yeah. animal facts yeah, exactly. podcast. By yeah, the way. these are just white mushrooms you get at the Kroger. <laughs> <laughs> Damon, you want to go ahead and go next? Uh, yeah. Uh, what they do by the roots. Uh, still, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know this year. Jazz rap has been the genre that i just listen to i think more than anything and it's definitely my comfort music this year and uh yeah the roots especially after what happened in philadelphia recently uh yeah was feeling some philadelphia jazz rap and uh what they do is a great song so yeah very nice so mm. check it out we love uh quest love yeah i actually don't understand why he's so popular like so well he's in the house yeah obviously but like what else like Questlove is in the house at the he uh was like guest DJing like the Oscars or something one or two years ago and everybody was like bro I can't believe Questlove's here I'm like he's like the DJ from like a 90s rap group like I just don't like Tom Cruise is sitting right there but you're gonna point out Questlove like I don't know like I just, I just don't, Dude, I just don't understand the, the hype. I don't know. Like he's cool, you know. He's great. He's talented, but like, I, I hope you someday I, understand the I, hype behind Questlove. I am not that mature yet, but we'll see. Because I'm gonna tell you right here, Damon. There's nothing special. What you're looking for, what you're like, bro, going through the records. You're like trying to find like what? What do people like about? He's just he's there. just in the house, bro. All right, well, 
You just got to appreciate Questlove is just okay. in the house. And also that spot on that guest spot on Eric Andre he had made me like him forever. Oh, so. dude. <laughs> Take that as whatever it is. Oh, man. You guys been watching this new season? Uh, no, I haven't. I, I saw that Judy Greer yeah, was on JPEG it, though, and Mafia I just finished the rest of development, and now we're turning yeah, into one yeah. of those. I don't know. He's got, he's got a lot of guests this season. It's <laughs> pretty good anyway. I love me Eric too. Andre. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Anyway. Show. Anyway. Check out the roots for sure. Uh, this week I was gonna pick a Rhett Momney song, but I already kind of put him on the map already. Uh, that song was actually sent to me by my mom. My mom is the one that had to introduce me to Rhett Momney. So that's how much everybody on this music podcast has failed me. <laughs> I haven't failed you. You have no, failed it was me, intentional. Cody. You said it was a stupid name, and he liked it on Twitter. It's this not. Stupid, it's, no, it's genius. Dumb. I hate it. You realize that all you can the the only way you can make band names in 2020 after everybody took the X or uh, noun the verb or, or verb the noun. It, the only way you can make band names in 2020 is just by stupidly mixing up famous people's names. I don't know, man. Co- co- I don't Cody, know about Cody, that. Give me true. A quick five second rundown on Porky Porcupine Tree. How <laughs> genius work. No, Everything's no, no! Great, the, the, Stephen Wilson. No, the title: the name Porcupine only. Tree. Name. Yeah, that's what I said. Stephen Wilson's a god. Genius work. Okay, all right. <laughs> what, what does it mean? It doesn't have to mean anything. It's just genius. It's is it pure... one of those pokey willows that people keep in their yards, and I don't know why because they're ugly. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, here's I the think question: it's just though, pure genius. It's literally operated on a higher level than any of us can understand. If, because this is Stephen Wilson. And what can hey, we say? If, if porcupines. You know, if I listened Porcupine to Pine Tree was instead named Rip Momney. How would you feel about I'd that? I'd hate him. I wouldn't <laughs> listen wow, to it. Cody, wow, Cody Logan. Right. He's like us with the album art now, dude. Is Yeah. See, I respect that. I respect anybody who hates anything for a stupid reason. <laughs> it's a genius and I hope people reason. who listen to the show know what I mean when I say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh all right, uh, so I was going to put Rip, no- Rip Momney on the map this week, but I have to give it to my girl, uh, Lauren Bosefield, who has an innocuous sounding name because it's her real name, uh, but instead makes some of the most insane breakcore post-apocalyptic music that I've ever heard. Um, some of her stuff makes Machine Girl sound Whoa. kind of tame. And I, I don't say that lightly because what machine girl brings in like screaming and chaotic energy there are times when lauren bosefield will be singing like a pop song but it's just so buried in glitch and drums that are moving at the speed of thinking that you you're only like subconsciously hearing what the song is about um it's insane she was uh she originally operated under nero's day at disneyland if anybody knows that group um just lots of like classic breakcore that came out with Venetian snares and uh, oh gosh, what are the other ones like Square Pusher and all that? It used to be a lot more normal, but uh, as of late, she's just taken a hard right turn into just bafflingly insane cut up breaks nice. and samples. Uh, talking about all sorts of themes. Her album is named Palimpsest. Oh, you said uh, that just the like other the protest, day. the hero album. I was like, yes, I did. One and. <laughs> And what's interesting about it, what's interesting about it is that uh, maybe Cody explained the definition 
when he was reviewing introducing the album the first time but i did not catch the depth behind it because a palimpsest is a document that has been erased to make room for writing a new document on top of it typically in a historical concept so i guess where that would apply to protest the hero is the way that we've revised our history over the years the way that lauren bosefield's album has a take on it is uh her album explores themes of the foster system and kids getting adopted and so she talks about how uh parents will adopt a child and start like projecting what they want that foster child to be onto them so anyway cool word clearly has resulted in two very cool albums so i am going to recommend the song that i will pull up really quickly Let's see. Clean strategic narratives with relative ease, murder their families and make their children watch. Wow. Okay. Uh, great song. Very excited to pass along. All right. All right. I guess that means I'm up. Cody. Um, I went through like a very, I don't know, nostalgic moment this week. Um, just, I was listening to as I lay dying. It just popped up the other day and I was like, man, metal core when I was in seventh grade was so good. And this was like, in the same era of like swoopy bangs metalcore and like hot topic stuff but as they lay dying aside from like the vocalist trying to put a hit out on his wife like everybody in the band kind of existed outside of that weird aesthetic because i never had a scene phase it like some of the music i was like yeah this is cool but i never did like the swoopy bangs or anything but mm. i've been listening to their albums in ocean between us and shadows our security a ton this week and i forgot how like crazy good the production value is and how just like it's really a blueprint, especially for like metalcore right now in 2020 and 2009, last few years more accurately. But I'm like, a lot of this is definitely just lifted and put onto what's happening now. And it makes sense because As I Lay Dying was a huge band in the late 2000s. So there's that. But my song for this week, or my bop of the week, excuse me, is Through Struggle from their 2005 album, Shadows Are Security. It's just. I forgot how good it was and I was like man like Tim Lambesis is a bad dude and like he spent time in jail for being a bad dude but I just you know sometimes nostalgia strikes and you gotta listen to that stuff from junior high very fair dude it's true it's true if only all our junior high heroes could have made it out unscathed and with their reputation oh this guy's reputation was ruined but I mean People just, they still like the band. They played like a tour last year and sold out like every date. Wow. So, wow. wow. Nice. Cool. Okay. And there Glad you have it. it. So, that has been Logan's Animal Corner bonus episode. Please get very, very excited for our new $150 tier in which you can ask one of us, the hosts, to personally give you private lessons on how to be a music podcaster. Links are in the description. Go ahead and follow. Go ahead and pledge that money. We love having your support. We love that you come every week, and we'd love to see you enter this music podcasting game with us because there are frankly not enough people giving completely unqualified opinions on music. All right. Thanks, everybody, for turning out. Remember to record your audio. Uh, send it over to Aaron. Damon, I don't know how you recorded with AirPods, but...